Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another Setting Captives Free podcast. My name is Eric Hurt, and I'm here with my dear brother and friend, and uh, we just love to celebrate in the cross together. So, Mike, are you ready to do another podcast this morning? Yes, sir. Eric, I am. And I just was thinking this is really one of the highlights of my week to be able to join with you like this and to uh, look into God's word together. So, yes. Amen. And so today we thought we would look in Isaiah 25 and see where it takes us. Uh, You know, in Isaiah 24 uh, talks about uh, uh, judgment on the whole earth. And then it's interesting, uh, followed up by Isaiah 25, that, that death is swallowed up forever. And so we're excited to do another podcast. Uh, we're so uh, thankful for those that are listening. And if you're blessed by these podcasts at all, would you, would you consider writing in and letting us know? Uh, you would just simply write to all one word, helpdesk at settingcaptivesfree.com. That's helpdesk at settingcaptivesfree.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts and how these podcasts are, are helping or encouraging you or have cut and healed you and transformed your life. So, uh, Mike, would you like to start us off on Isaiah 25? Sure, Isaiah 25, and um, I think we were starting with verse uh, 6. Sure. And so um, we're saying, uh, verse 6 says, On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. And so, Eric, we're pointed to the future from when Isaiah is writing to something that would happen on a mountain. And, and what would happen on the mountain would be a feast. A feast is a place where people fellowship where people enjoy the best of foods and and we are coming together Um, and so this is automatically we think of a hill a mountain in the future where something's going to happen and I believe the rest of this passage tells us what's going to happen on that mountain but it would result in um, a feast and and I love that because it's it's the opposite of a fast you know, where we're denying and doing away with. This is where we're enjoying, where we're receiving, where we're eating. And uh, it's a time where people are happy and together. And and it just sounds like a wonderful thing that would happen on this mountain, doesn't it? Amen, brother. And just like uh, when you said in our last podcast, it's for everyone. You know, and we see here it says, make for all peoples. Uh, this is for everyone, brother, you know, and what we're getting ready to discuss here that happened on this mountain. I, I love the description here. Uh, it's feast 
of rich food, of well-aged wine, uh, of rich food and full of marrow. And if we, if we back up to verse four, just for a second, it says, for you have been a stronghold to the poor, a stronghold to the needy in distress, a shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless is like a storm against a wall. And it's just so beautiful to consider this, strong, this stronghold for the poor, this stronghold to the needy in their distress, a shelter for the, uh, from the storm and a shade from the heat. So brother, this, these podcasts, when we get into God's word together and begin to, to read these and, and look at these, boy, it just really fills our hearts up. And this is what we're hoping happens to others as we're as, we're, as we, uh, you know, just talk about the cross and its power in our lives, right, brother? Yes, and it's, I, I love the description that you just read, the, the stronghold, the shelter, the refuge. All these are describing our God as one who protects, as one who enfolds us in and who shelters us and becomes our refuge. Um, Eric, I know for myself, um, just the storms of life that beat upon you require you to find a refuge. In years past, brother, I would have found a refuge in impurity. I would have found a shelter in, um, you know, food and, and drink and gambling and, you know, just all of the worldly methods of finding a shelter. And um, I, I think now, having found my true and final refuge in the Lord, Oh, what a difference it is and how he protects us and shields and guards. And he's just like a, a, a strong tower, a refuge, a shelter for me. Um, and and I, I know maybe people are listening who are got these storms of life beating upon them. Um, maybe they are struggling with bondage to sin and they're, they're not maybe understanding that they're turning to a shelter and a refuge, but it's a fake one, and the storm will just knock it over. But the Lord, but Jesus, you know, when he was on the cross, Eric, he was building a shelter for us, mm. and he was providing a refuge where we could come and not be assailed and assaulted by the evil one, where we would have a protection and a fortress, and, and he's our deliverer. So I, I love this passage. Amen, brother. That was such a wonderful uh, gospel ministering. Uh, you just filled my heart as I'm considering, you know, the, the things that you had experienced in your life and, you know, how uh, that Jesus is the shelter and stronghold and our shade from the heat. You can't find that anywhere else. You can't find that in the world anywhere. Uh, you can't find that through uh, worldly counseling or anything else. You have to turn uh, to this mountain, uh, turn to this shelter, turn to this uh, to this uh, shade, and be delivered from the storms of life. And I just love how it says in verse seven, on this mountain. What's going to happen on this mountain, brother? And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples the veil that is spread over all nations 
And here, here again, we see that this is available for all, all peoples and all nations. He's going to swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples and the veil that is spread over all nations. Mike, the first thing I think of is the veil and the covering uh, of the enemy, Satan, that has blinded the minds to only one message, brother. And what message would that be? Yes, that's a good thought. That message is the cross of Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, people can be knowledgeable about eschatology and theology and various ologies of God's word, but unless they're focused, unless we're focused and we're, we're seeing the cross of Christ clearly, that's a work of the Spirit. Um, and so, Eric, I appreciate your saying that this veil is what keeps us from seeing clearly the cross and all of its effects. I, I think it's this veil, this shroud, this covering is inclusive of a lot of things. So you mentioned already that which prevents us from seeing the cross. I think about 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 13 that says, we are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. Um, and so we're talking about the law of the Old Covenant, of be perfect or die, and this shroud that covers the world in thinking I have to be perfect, I can't mess up, I have, I can't sin, or God will be displeased with me. Eric, the cross removes that veil. Uh, at that mountain of Calvary, that covering is removed because we see that Jesus removed your sin, every one of them. It, you might think of things, well, could he remove that too? Yes, he removed the entire covering. And, and now at the cross on that mountain, the, the veil that kept you from seeing the cross, the veil of the old covenant has been removed. There's other veils as well. The veil of unbelief. I think of uh, the veil of death, the veil, you know, of just this physical body that keeps us from experiencing all the life that God has for us. You know, on that mountain, Eric, this veil was removed. Beautiful, brother. Absolutely beautiful. And in a sense, uh, we are, in a real sense, uh, we are uncovering the veil now by seeing Jesus in the passages of the Old Covenant. And, you know, we are reading the Bible as it is intended to be read, to see Jesus Christ in it, the building up of the old covenant uh, and the revealing of the new. Uh, you know, Jesus, uh, this is the mystery of the old, that Jesus was, uh, his work uh, hidden in, in the old covenant. And the veil is removed when we read it the way we're reading it now. And it's just beautiful to consider, uh, like you said, all these veils, brother. I really appreciate you uh, bringing it up that way. And, and I hope that someone is, is seeing this veil being removed, even now, as, as, as they're looking upon the mountain and seeing that God did not spare his own son. Now, think about that for a moment. Uh, Mike, we have boys. I, I wouldn't give up 
my own son, I wouldn't send him to be slaughtered like a lamb silently led. Brother, I would never do that. But God in his incredible love for us, even while we were sinners, Christ died. That was the plan before the foundation of the world. That was the love of God and the love of his son being sent willingly to a cross. Brother, it says that this was a joyful occasion, although it was um, also as a man, right? It was stressful in that sense, but also he went with joy in his heart for us. Friends, when you look at the cross, you see God not sparing his own son. Then how will he not freely give you all things? Uh, when we put faith in this message um, and see that all your sin, every one of them, even the ones you think were too great. See, we don't want to cheapen the cross by saying, oh, that sin was too great, or this sin is too much, or I've done too much. Just look and see that Christ was not spared for you. Not once every sin uh, was cast upon Christ when he became sin for you. So, brother, this just warms our heart and fills us up and puts our thinking straight, cuts and heals our hearts. And we can't think of a greater message to give to the world because there isn't one. Amen. That is so well said, brother. And I think about God not sparing his son. And what do I say to that, Eric? What do we say except thank you? Um, we considered him punished by God. Isaiah 53 says, the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. God the Father was pleased to bruise his own son, Eric. Why? To remove the veil. <laughs> to remove the veil of unbelief from my heart. To remove the veil of the law that kept me away from God because I never measured up to remove the veil of unbelief. Now I see that Jesus has entered into my condition, has taken my sin upon himself, and has paid for it and removed it. And now I can come to God freely. There's no veil. There's nothing between me and him. Maybe someone's listening and they're thinking, I just got this issue between me and God that prevents me from having full fellowship. Well, then turn to the cross and look and see that that something is being removed from you. Jesus is taking it off of you and, put, and dying with it. And, and therefore, like you said, I love how you said, don't cheapen the cross. If, if you say, this one sin that nobody knows about, that I did, that I can't believe I did, and that seems to be very large in your mind, don't make the cross very small in your mind by saying it couldn't pay for that. I love how you said that. Um, and this is one of the benefits that would happen on a mountain, right? This mountain uh, where we would feast the shroud, the covering, the veil that enfolds all people would be destroyed. And now all people can feast. <laughs> Amen, brother. Wow. 
uh, I just love it. I love how we can each look at the cross from different angles. And again, we're hoping that from these angles that somebody listening is looking with us. And again, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear how the cross has impacted your life, whether it's from these podcasts or your own study or a whatever. But we would just love to hear how this, you know, this is why the gospel is the power of God, the power of God, you know, where your sins were removed and they were put to death forever, as we'll see here as we continue on in verse eight. Brother, would you like to read verse eight? Yes, verse 8 says, He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace or shame from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. Uh, Eric, one of the things I'm seeing in this is all, the word all. You know, it's, it's yeah, all amen. disgrace. It's all the earth that gets to experience the benefits of the cross. He wipes away all tears from all faces. Um, but I, I look at this, he will swallow up death forever. You look at the cross, and one of the pictures that I like to see, Eric, is that Jesus put himself out there as bait. And the evil one came along with his tool of death and swallowed up Jesus so that you and I could live forever. Uh, and so he destroyed death on Calvary's mountain. And Jesus put himself forward as that bait so that death would not have a hold on us, would not swallow us up. And so he, in essence, when he died, he swallowed up death forever. And think about that, Eric. Everybody's always wanted to find a way to live forever, you know? <laughs> well, look at what happened at the cross, and the only conclusion you can come to is, he died, I'm going to live. Mm -hmm. If I thought about what it would take for me to actually die, it would mean that Jesus didn't die and that Jesus didn't rise again. But that's a historical fact. And so I'm left with, what do I do with this? It's either him or me. Uh, and so we realize that Jesus, as the bait for death, was swallowed up on the cross so that life and immortality is brought to us. In fact, that's what it says in, uh, I believe it is um, 2 Timothy 1, verse 10, says that, uh, this has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel or on this mountain. Uh, he abolished death. Um, oh my, this is the greatest enemy. And according to 1 Corinthians 15, death is swallowed up forever. Oh, death, where is your sting? You can't sting me because you stung Jesus. So I, I love what happened on this mountain, brother. <laughs> Amen, brother. And I love that you called it bait or, or said that Jesus was bait, basically. And that's just such a great analogy because it appeared with the human natural eye uh, that this was Jesus's defeat, uh, that he, he was dying and he was, uh, it was it was a victory for the enemy in all, in all appearances. And this is the wisdom of God, isn't it? 
We see the wisdom of God in the cross. You know, and we read about how God's wisdom is higher than ours, as heaven is higher than earth. You know, so is God's wisdom and love for us uh, higher than ours, his understanding. And, and it's, it appears to be a foolish, a foolish uh, message, right, for those who are perishing. Uh, but those who are being saved, it's power for us. It's power because uh, when Jesus appeared to be swallowed up, was actually victory over death forever. And, and what does this do to us? Uh, this means that the old man by faith has died forever. The old man uh, that used to uh, control us and, and um, you know, the sinful old man was forever uh, put to death with Christ. And that's why Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ and no longer live. I've been crucified, Mike, and no longer live. <laughs> and now only Christ lives within me. Uh, brother, this is such a powerful message, and this is the reason why it needs to be heard over and over and over. Uh, this is the message, brother Mike, that the church needs to rediscover uh, so that they know how to counsel from the cross and counsel, counsel their members. We don't send people out of the church to find hope. The hope is within the church. Uh, it is the reason Jesus died uh, to, uh, you know, he was purchasing the church as he was being crucified on the cross, pouring out his blood and the spear thrust into his side where water and uh, blood poured out. He was purchasing the bride, purchasing the church. Oh, may the church turn to this message, brother, and this counsel from the cross and recognize that this is all one needs to hear. And uh, it's just so, so beautiful, brother, celebrating on this mountain with you, Mike. It is. I love how you said that the church needs to rediscover and, and turn to the power of this message uh, and to learn to counsel from the cross. So, Eric, let's do that just real quick here for an example. Um, so people are by birth and by nature um, enslaved by their fear of death. Now, they may not know that. They may think to, to somewhere in the back recesses of their mind, oh, yeah, I'm going to die someday. But, you know, I'm, I'm younger and I got lots of time or whatever. They try and push it out of their minds. But inherent in a human being is a fear of death. Um, we know our conscience telling us, you've done wrong, you must give an accounting, there's a day coming, you know, and people will say things like, you know, make your peace with God, um, because there is a fear of death. And so how would we counsel someone who is experiencing the slavery that comes from fear of death? So let me just read Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. And so what he's saying here is, look at the cross and see that you are not going to die. 
And Jesus says that very plainly. He said, he who believes in me will never die. Uh, our bodies will, but we ourselves will never die. We'll never even see death, Eric. And so what does that do? And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Eric, I don't fear death anymore. Now, I'm scared to death of dying, but <laughs> I don't have any fear of death anymore because Jesus has broken the power of sin. He has removed death forever, and he has freed me. So how do we counsel from this? We, we take that greatest fear that everybody has that they push to the back of their minds, and we take them to the cross, and we say, now, what does that do to your fear of death? It should be it. So that's one way to counsel by the cross. Um, on that mountain, he abolished death forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen, brother. It's been swallowed up. And I just love the passage that you added in Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. It's so clear that this is where the fear of, uh, of death and slavery is removed. Very clear by the by the crucifixion of by the by by christ's death by him taking on the body by him uh, being nailed to the tree and pouring it out brother this was freeing us now we we look to the cross by faith and believe this message over and over and over and you can't look at it over and over over with not having any effect to your heart <laughs> it will circumcise your heart it, it will put you to death and you will soon be rejoicing in the council of the cross. It, it, it is just so remarkable and powerful. It reminds me of the song at the cross. Uh, there's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide, where all the love I've ever found comes like a flood, comes flowing down at the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in awe of you. I'm in awe of you, where your love ran red and my sin washed white. I owe all to you. I owe all to you, Jesus. Oh, what a beautiful words and a beautiful mountain and a beautiful cross that we look to and worship and receive life from. Uh, the food we need, the blood poured out, and and the the healing that we're washed in. We're healed by his wounds. Oh, we just love to worship at this cross, brother. And and I love doing these podcasts to you. And unfortunately, many times we have to come to a close like we do now. Brother, would you like to provide some final words and then close us in prayer for today's podcast? Okay, sure. There, We've been talking about all the things that would happen on this mountain, and I want to just mention the last one that is stated in verse 8. It says that God would remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. For years, Eric, I walked around in shame and disgrace, hanging my head in, in utter and abject shame because of my sin and it wasn't until i began lifting my eyes to the cross 
and seeing that Jesus was covered with shame. He despised the shame, but he was covered with it. He was hanging on a criminal's cross. He was covered in blood. And his shame, which was my shame that he had taken on himself, was, was all around him, covering him like this covering that we're seeing in here. Eric, that means that in thanks to God, I can lift my head, that I don't have to walk around covered in shame anymore. It's not pride. It's not that, well, I've tried to do better, so therefore I can lift my head. No, it's the fact that Jesus died for my sin. And now my shame and my guilt are all gone. And, and now this disgrace that I had disgraced Jesus. And maybe somebody's listening and, and, they, and, and other people are shaming them. And so they feel like they should carry around the shame. Well, I'm here to tell you that the Lord has spoken. And what the Lord has spoken is your disgrace is removed from you. It is put on Jesus. It has covered him. And you can now lift your head and walk with your head held high because of what the Lord has done for you, because of the cross of Christ where he has taken your sin and pardoned you freely. In God's eyes, it's as if you never sinned. And so the disgrace has been removed. Eric, this has been a feast, a feast on a mountain of rich food, of gospel food, of wine, the blood of Jesus where the love ran red. And uh, we just need to continue feasting on this mountain. Um, can you imagine the people reading this in the past going, really? Well, what mountain are you talking about? Where will death be destroyed? Where will shroud of the law be uh, lifted and, and sent away? Where will all my tears be wiped away. Where will my disgrace be put to death and be removed? Where, what mountain are you talking about? And we can say, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Lift your eyes to Calvary's cross. See him crying and wiping away your tears. Father in heaven, as we come to you just now, we have been worshiping. Eric and I have come to this mountain where so many miracles have happened. Oh God, you destroyed our unbelief. You destroyed the penalty and the condemnation of the law at that mountain. You removed the veil. God, at this mountain, you wiped away my tears that I was, I was mourning in my sin. And you showed me my sin is gone and wiped away my tears. You removed my disgrace. And now, oh, Father, someone's listening who's still crying, who still has tears and disgrace. God, you've spoken in Isaiah 25. And you've said, look to the mountain. And instead of crying, start feasting. Instead of walking around with shame and disgrace, oh, lift your eyes and see you're now covered with righteousness because Jesus was covered with your sin. And so, God, apply this message to the heart of somebody today. Help them to see Calvary's cross. And as they see, to let the smile come on their face and the worship come into their hearts. And let them see 
that even they are invited to this feast where they can worship along with us. In Jesus' name. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.